0: Hey there, story fiends, and welcome back to the podcast that truly believes there are stories everywhere. This is There's Stories Everywhere with Alidria Hurt. I'm your hostess, Alidria Hurt, and this week we're going with the short, Losing the Shadow Prince. Quick life update, though. There's another anthology out, Reality's Lens. Check that out where ebooks are sold. I've also put out the short called The Hotel, Which I might or might not put out here on the podcast at some point in the future. Losing the Shadow Prince is a short having to do with the aftermath of the final fight between the light and the dark, and those who are deeply affected by it. Losing the Shadow Prince. The room filled with blinding light. Shadow creatures by the hundreds disintegrated from around the party of adventurers. None of them expected what came next, however. A woman descended from the light into the room, the Shadow King still standing before his throne. He did not look bowed by the loss of his creatures as the light started to fade to something more humanly tolerable. The woman from the light wore the armor of burnished silver, the kind of armor one would expect on a goddess. On one arm, she wore a shield bright as a mirror, and in her other hand, a spear that was a shaft of lightning. The Shadow King brought forth his own blade, a light-sucking blade of pure, unadulterated darkness. A moment later, they went to battle. The adventurers watched as the pair of celestial beings, one of light and the other of darkness, went to battle against one another. There was little they could hope to do. In fact, they withdrew to the edges of the room as the clash began to bring down pillars with their combined strength creating shockwaves of power through the much too small space, in spite of its cavernous size. Ariane, the princess of Kant, had been through, had been brought to the temple of the Shadow King for the specific purpose of bringing forth the goddess of light. Not that she had wanted to come. The idea of being dirty and tired all the time did not appeal to her, and this was far from her own kingdom. So far, in fact, She had at first thought this place didn't truly exist. It seemed nothing more than a reality on a scroll for her. Yet there she huddled, at the edge of the Shadow King's cavernous throne room, waiting for something to happen which might very well mean her death. Her eyes darted across the room toward one of her companions, the one responsible for dragging her this far, and whom she had come to be less than annoyed by. Iran. Iran huddled not far away from her, but wasn't looking at her. He stared unabashedly at the fight, his thoughts far away she didn't doubt. He came from a place the Shadow King had annexed years prior and turned many of those who lived there into shadow creatures. Iran had fought his way to Kant out of sheer desperation to bring an end to the Shadow King's ring of terror over the place where he lived. It had been his life's work. With them, another companion, was the son of the Shadow King himself, Marwin. Marwin stood, his face a mask of pure greed, as he watched the two Celestials battle it out. He wanted his father's throne— And his father's power, which were denied to him so long as the king lived. Arianne knew he was hoping the elder would die. However, the truth was unknown. Could the Shadow King, a creature of darkness made man, actually die? Or would he continue on regardless of this fight? The goddess of light, Palven, would continue on regardless of the outcome of this, so the Shadow King might well do the same, though he may be banished from the world of men. If he was, then there was a good chance that Marwin would attempt to take the throne and continue the reign. Arian had told Iran of this many times, but he still trusted Marwin with his life, perhaps because the pair were bonded together. Bonded together by their choice to fight against the Shadow King and their love for one another. Ariane cared for Iran, but knew better than to try and get between the two others. They were as one on many things, incapable of coming to an accord on most others. One of the pillars holding up the far ceiling crumbled as the Shadow King thundered through it. Paul Van not far behind, attempting to drive her spear through his defenses. It was a fight to the possible banishment for the pair, but for the humans who were caught in the room with them, it was a life-or-death fight. Trapped as they were by the bolted doors, they had no choice but to wait out the battle for its final conclusion. Arya knew that the end would come soon, as Pauvin once more drew away to the height, becoming a star in her vision before descending as a bolt of lightning upon her her foe. The Shadow King began to dissolve around the edges at the strike, though he made no sound. He had said nothing in the entirety of the battle, but in his final moments, he called a name. ...in the old tongue. Ariane knew he called to his son, though she did not know why. Of course, there was the possibility he called for vengeance. But it might also have been little more than an acknowledgement of the young man who would carry on his name. Marwin watched as the pair disappeared into the light, leaving behind not even shadows or scars for their presence. His father was gone, and he should have felt something, yet he knew not what to feel. Many years had passed since his childhood in this very castle. How he had learned to fight, and kill, and live inside these walls was hardly forgotten in the intervening time, but things had changed. He looked at the throne at the far end of the room, made of onyx and volcanic glass. It was his throne now. He, the Prince of Shadows, had every right to it. Shadow creatures who had not been in the giant throne room when the light blasted away so many had already begun to gather. They would follow him, the last of the Shadow King's line to the end of the earth he would be able to do whatever he pleased so long as he carried on the behest of the crown. Iran got up from where he had huddled, surveying the damage to the room with uneasy eyes. He looked from the princess to Marwin, and seemed to consider something painful with the way thunderclouds rolled across his face as he looked at his lover. Arian stood up and approached the edge of the room, where she was confronted by a shadow creature, all teeth and darkness. Ah, uh, she said, what do we do now? The question crossed the room to the two young men, one who knew what he would do next, the other uncertain. Marwin made a gesture, and said two words in the Shade speech which the shadow creatures would understand, and even Aryan understood some of it. He called for them to hold. All around them, the growing number of shadow creatures stilled, coming to rest in positions contorted to their kind. Shade speech could control them easily, but Aryan had to wonder why Marwen hadn't simply banished them from the room. Certainly there was danger in allowing them to stay around, especially since they were intent, undoubtedly, on avenging their king. Marwen, whom Iran watched carefully, stepped toward the throne crossing the room slowly but strongly, a tide of feeling going with him. How long had he desired to sit on that throne, he wondered. How long ago had he conceived of the idea that one day he would be the power over the entire land? How long? It had been longer than he remembered truthfully, the needy desire so old as him. Iran watched his lover approach the throne, mount the stairs, and then sit, the throne so massive it seemed to swallow the man whole. Iran brought his sword to the ready. Arian felt the shift in the air as Marwan sat upon the throne. Hundreds of bright red eyes, shadow creature eyes, went to him. Arian knew there was a chance, a strong one. They were going to have to fight their way out of the throne room and it was going to be the end of a relationship, Iran and Marwin's, Even if they made it out alive, she would be stuck with a shell of a man. Part of her hoped they didn't have to fight. Marwin had an opportunity not to make them. He could simply allow them to leave. My love... Marwin addressed Iran. Join me. Iran, his face contorted with pain, looked at the man on the throne and said simply, No. A moment later, less than a heartbeat, Marwin's face fell as he realized perhaps there was nothing he could do to change his lover's mind. The two men, as Arian knew, had been through a great deal together, first with Marwin escaping from his father's influence, and then Iran seeking out Arian as the one who could bring forth the goddess of light Palvin. They had gone through great journeys. Now they stared at one another across a gulf which was more than space. Ariane prepared the only spell she could think would get them out of there, an amount of magic so high it might well make her useless if it didn't work. Their situation was, in her estimation, about to turn desperate. Of course, Marwan still had a chance to let them go. He had the chance to allow them to leave, but if he did... He would always be looking for Iran to stick a knife in his back. Iran had suffered so much under the hands of the Shadow King, as much as Marwin himself had, but they had different ideas of how things were supposed to go in this moment, apparently. Iran took one step away from the throne, then another, turning his back on the man on it. Marwin stood up again, one hand reaching across the space at Iran's back. Shadow creatures, hungry and their fangs dripping, waited for the command to feast on the two remaining humans. Marwin did not give the command. Instead, he stood there, dumb as Iran reached the doorway of the throne room and began the process of unlocking it. Not a moment of speech between them, but Arianne felt the stretching of their bond, the thread binding them together, fraying with each step and motion. Would Marwan attempt to repair it? Would Iran truly leave things the way they were? It made sense if he did, but it also would have made sense if he didn't. Arianne looked from one to the other and scurried toward Iran to help him with the door. If they were going to leave alive, she wanted them gone, before Marwin could change his mind about allowing them to leave. Iran said nothing as the door opened, issuing with it a breath of air fresher than the room's. It teased the edges of his long hair, bringing it away from his face. Ariane moved out of the room, turning back to look at Marwin, who still stood on the dais of the throne, as if something would change between the group of them. They had been friends, perhaps. Aryan wasn't absolutely sure about that. But there had been a camaraderie among them during their time trekking across the world to the Shadow King's castle, and then even in the moments of fighting off the shadow creatures to come this far, now there was just a fraying bond, a bond which once the door closed would snap and there would be animosity between them. It was not without reason, of course, but it still hurt. Marwyn watched them go to the door and open it. He felt, ever so slightly from the distance, the breeze and breath of air which came through the portal into the room. He could have, in that moment, set his creatures upon them. They were his creatures now, bound to him by blood and loyalty to the crown of darkness which he would wear. Yet he did nothing. The ache in his heart made every breath seem colder than the last. He wanted Iran at his side, desperately. Iran, who had cuddled against him for warmth and showed him the world beyond the castle where he had been raised the one who had given him the first sweets on the days of light. Of course he wanted him, by him, even as he began his reign. Yet he knew that his reign would be little different than his father's. The Shadow King had been a conqueror, the kind of man who saw others as a way to his ends, not as anyone to care for. Had he become his father? Did he truly deserve this throne and the darkness and emptiness which came with it? Marwin shut his eyes and listened to the door shut behind those companions he had known for what seemed like far too long. Arian and Iran, camped at the edge of the castle grounds, aware of the emptiness of Marwin's presence. Iran hadn't said anything in the time since they had left the throne room, and appeared to be disinterested in saying anything at all in truth. It was Arian who attempted to break the frozen bond between the two of them and the one they left behind. Marwin. Don't say his name, Iran snapped. Never again. He continued in a calmer tone, which said everything she truly needed to know about his thoughts. Iran, Arian said. What are we going to do? I don't know. Truthfully, To bring about the freedom of his people, Iran should have killed Marwan where he stood, yet there had been no such attempt. Instead, they had left defeated, in spite of their destruction, or at least banishment of the true Shadow King. Now his half-breed son, their companion, had taken on the throne, and they had allowed it. Kant was far enough away that it would be of little consequence to Arianne's kingdom, but Iran's homeland lay close by and under the auspices of the darkness emanating from that castle. Come to Kant with me, Arianne said. Stay there until you've licked your wounds well enough to return and finish what you started. I'll even return with you when you are ready. Iran, at first, said nothing. Then begrudgingly said, yes. The next morning they put the castle at their back and headed into the west to the kingdom of Kant and the royal palace where Princess Ariane was welcomed back, and Iran hailed a hero for her return. There they would wait for the time to be right in order for them to return to the kingdom of shadows and the one they had left behind, Marwin, whom Irán had loved as dear as his own breath. Well, there you have it, Story Fiends, Losing the Shadow Prince. Let me know what you think of by dropping me a line here at the podcast or by sending me an email at alidria at alidriahurt.com. Beyond that, always remember to kiss the ones you love, rock the life you want, and happy reading.